the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM, The Answer, and live on Facebook, depending on which day you're watching. (laughs) We're recording on uh, Wednesday, October 27th. Uh, We'll replay this again Saturday, October 30th, Um, the radio will be a recorded episode, so if you have questions, I'll, t- I'll tell you who to call. Uh, but right now, we're getting started. wanted to let you know that you could uh, email me questions about the law. Each episode of Talk Law Radio, I like to spend talking about Texas or federal laws or regulations that seem to need some explaining. If you know of a law or regulation that you would like to have explained, email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com. Because I'm licensed to practice law in Texas, the State Bar of Texas uh, is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses and the state bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in guardianships, probate, business disputes, breach of contract, real estate disputes, or personal injury. Check out our blog at marquartlawfirm.com. One important blog for the holiday season when you're visiting your relatives who might be older or uh, might have challenges with disabilities is power of attorney. So there's a blog on that called Before You Confront Your Parents About Power of Attorney. Check it out at marquartlawfirm.com. Before we get started talking about the law today, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help Rick Hood and me give good information to the listeners about the Affordable Care Act and health insurance today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And today, we're talking about the Affordable Care Act, ACA, 
health insurance with Rick Hood. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Todd. So tell us, uh, what is the Affordable Care Act? Uh, the Affordable Care Act is, is now the law of the land as far as health insurance goes, as, as far as uh, qualified health plans. Uh, basically, any qualified health plan that's available out there on the individual market falls under the Affordable Care Act. What's most, a non-qualified health plan? Um, that would be like a temporary type of insurance, you know, something that uh, people purchase. Uh, and we have those available too, but those are usually designed to patch you through to a, you know, between maybe one job and another. If you've got a couple of months that you're uninsured, you can get a temporary health insurance plan to cover you for um, different types, hospital, surgical, or indemnity, or, you know, many different varieties of that, but they don't uh, have all of the essential elements of the qualified health plan, which falls under the heading of the Affordable Care Act. Most people don't realize that, uh, you know, Obamacare is the Affordable Care Act. I was Act. just going to ask, what's the most confusing people have been about it? Yeah. What do they say? Yeah, that's the most confusing thing that I get is if people either want or don't want Obamacare. Um, you know, more commonly people have heard something really negative about it and they say, I don't want any of that Obamacare stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? And well, I go, well, that's really difficult to do because it's really, if you want a qualified health plan and you're on the individual market, your only choice is is Obamacare, otherwise known as Affordable Care Act or ACA. So you know? do people call it Affordable Care Act more now? Yeah, a little bit more over the years uh, they do because, you know, it's technically it's been law for, what, 11 years now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm asking <clears throat> people, after 11 years, yeah. do you know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> and still about half of them really don't. And and unfortunately, a lot of those people are are – you know, sometimes even clients, I hate to say, or, or, mm -hmm. or people that are on it, you know, they have, uh, they have the coverage, but still don't understand it. It's very confusing. Um, if they have questions, mm -hmm. they can't call in now. So can they call you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's um, a good number? Um, my cell phone number, 210-573-2833. And you're with? Affordable Health Insurance Agency. Okay. And where can they visit you? We're in the Allon uh, HEB market, uh, which is right at the corner of Northwest Military Highway and Wurzbach Parkway. We're inside the HEB, just right up front. We're one of those stores that's right up front. We're right in, in front of the uh, self-checkout lanes. And so if, if they stop by before they start getting their groceries, uh, how long would a visit with you last? Generally, what I do is get some basic information from them then. And uh, like if they come in first, that happens a lot. And I can get some information and then they can go do some shopping and, and then come back and I'll have something to give them that they can take home with them and then call me back or email me or whatever, and we can okay. correspond from there. So it doesn't have to take a long time in the store, you know, five or ten minutes, really. Um, on, on the other side, the flip side of that, if they do have time, if they've got, you know, 15, 20 minutes or even longer, then we can sit down and I can maybe get them more details at the time. But a lot of time people are coming by as they're leaving the store. That's kind mm -hmm. of the pathway they take in front of our store and they've got, you know, eggs and milk, milk and ice cream or whatever. <laughs> so you don't, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, give them my card and, and I get a little bit of information and then we follow up through phone and email from that point on or they come back in later on. You know, we're open there 10 to 7. Uh, Monday through Saturday, and if uh, I'm there pretty much every day at some point, if not all day long, but Magenta uh, is there as well, Magenta Alvarado, and she can help okay. as well. All right. So we're talking about Affordable Care Act, ACA, also known as Obamacare. It's health insurance, and it's somewhat confusing, so we're talking to Rick Hood about it, and he's going to explain some more detail. But before we get to that, uh, my son, Thomas, reminded me last night that it's eggnog season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're there. We can finally find it in the stores. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he says, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which do you want first? Well, I like the bad news first. He said, the bad news is that I got you uh, eggnog light, you know, the diet eggnog. And the good news is it's eggnog season. <laughs> <laughs> and the so, eggnog, light, eggnog light is not all that bad. It's not, no, not a bad No, that's what I, I noticed is uh, 
when I had some last night that it was it was sweet enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Good. Okay. Excellent. So tell us, remind our listeners or first-time listeners a little bit about yourself. You said that you, you work with uh, Affordable Health and Say sure. it again. Affordable Health Insurance Agency. Yeah, the acronym is AHIA. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you've been in the industry, the insurance industry for a long time. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the other stuff that you do. Yeah. So I've been in the business for 25 years. AHIA, uh, coincidentally, has been here for 25 years too. I've not been with them the whole time. I've been with them, I think, eight years now. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I do the health insurance, uh, as well as that. In addition to that, I do life insurance and annuities. Okay. So, um, right now, of course, the health insurance is the big thing. Uh, everybody's it's open enrollment for Medicare right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that continues on through December the 7th, but Monday we go live for open enrollment for the affordable care act. So and is that uh November 1st, November 1st. And okay. it, it continues on through it, it actually, they've extended it already once this year, uh, or the, or the initial enrollment period was initially extended, uh, to go through January the 15th. But Anybody that wants coverage to be effective for January 1, uh, it goes by the traditional yearly uh, date okay. of December 15th. So we've got November 1st through December 15th to enroll somebody and get a January 1. And issue. so why do they have limited, restricted enrollment dates? Why not just let you sign up whenever? Uh, well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, it, it, it makes it much easier for the insurance companies to calculate uh, to make the calculation. Okay. It, it just human nature. If we didn't have open enrollment periods, a lot of younger people in particular would not purchase insurance until they got an ache or a pain or oh, something. Right. Would, and then they would go in, come and see mm-hmm. us and say, Hey, you know, I got this going on. I need some insurance. Right. Kind of like, you know, getting in a car wreck and going and buy an <laughs> auto insurance. It doesn't right. really work that way. No. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the reason they have to have open enrollment periods because of the, because of that. Okay. So it, it, it's getting started, and if somebody wants to uh, visit you uh, for open enrollment, what should they bring? Really, uh, the thing that I ask for is pretty similar to the Medicare enrollments. Uh, I ask them for their doctors, if they've got any particular doctors that they want to see. Or maybe Let me stop you right there. We're going to have to take a break. All right. When we come back from the break, uh, Rick Hood will tell you what to bring to your appointment. <laughs> so stay tuned. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Rick Hood talking about health insurance, uh, specifically the Affordable Care Act, HCA, also known as Obamacare. And Rick was about to tell us if you're going to meet with a health insurance agent, what should we bring? Yeah, so the most important thing really is to know uh, a little bit about your situation. How much do you anticipate to use the health insurance? These types of things you're going to know. You don't have to bring that, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe bring a list of doctors and medications so we can get an idea of the cost of what the cost might be. Um, it's a, a little bit harder to determine on the medication side, but with the doctors, it's pretty easy to search the different plans and figure out which doctors accept which plans. Oh, really? But then I always tell the clients, I do kind of a preliminary, I've got a software program that will do a preliminary search and tell us which ones are available, but it's up to them to call their doctor and confirm that they do okay. take that specific insurance because that changes. There's a lot of moving parts to this, to the whole you know, formula that right. goes into this uh, process. Well, a guy like me, I'm relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see a doctor unless I get sick. And so I don't, I don't say that I have one. 
You right. know, it's whoever right. answers the call. Right. Exactly. So yeah. what would what would that do to so the situation? in a situation like that? Uh, I mean, there there are four levels of plans. There's bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Uh, and most people stay within bronze, silver, and gold. And I would tend to think that you would want more a bronze level plan. So that's in in terms of what most people understand, more of a catastrophic plan. So because I'm not going to use it a lot. You're not going to use it a lot. So try to keep the monthly premium low mm-hmm. in anticipation of not using it a lot. Why put money out of your pocket every month and into the insurance company if you're yeah. not planning to use it? But you want something for that higher level of coverage in the event that you have an emergency or an accident or something like that. Right. And the bronze level plans would give you that. Uh, the on most of them, it's eight thousand five hundred and fifty is the maximum out of pocket, mm-hmm. and so that's your that's the true value these days, Todd. In the in the health insurance, is what I tell everybody. That's that's really the number that you're focusing on. The out of pocket, the maximum out of pocket, because mm-hmm. it's that high level stop loss or that risk limit, right. that your exposure risk limit, is what you're buying. That's the real value in it with the. With the Affordable Care Act, there's no limit now to what the company might have to pay. Mm -hmm. So their pocket is deep and their limits can be very high. And that's good for you to know. Right. Whereas they used to cut off at a million dollars or two million dollars. And that sounds like a lot of money. But in in today's terms, if you go to the hospital and you're really unfortunate and have to stay there for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and have some major operations, you can burn through a million dollars, believe it or not. Right. Yeah. So... The Affordable Care Act, there's no, that's one of the rules that there's no limit to what the companies will pay. Um, But there is a limit to what you pay, and that's your maximum out of pocket. How you get to that maximum out of pocket, your deductibles and your co payments and Mm -hmm. those sort of things are all just details, and that depends on how much you're going to use it. But at the end of the day, the maximum out of pocket is it. And that's what, that's the, that's, how I try to get people to view it because mm-hmm. to me that's the real value in it is that, right. that high level. But somebody like you would be definitely looking at a bronze plan. So if you go to the doctor, you're probably going to pay full full price, but it's the negotiated okay. rate with that carrier. So they have a pre-negotiated rate mm-hmm. with each doctor. You know, we don't really know what those are ahead of time, yeah. but but that's what's that's the way it works. You would pay out of pocket when you use it as you you know pay as you go type of mm-hmm. thing. But minimize your premium so you're not out of pocket every month for something that you're not likely to use, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the history a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell, tell us when it got started and, and when people started using it. Well, so March 23rd of 2010 was when President Obama signed it into law. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people were happy about that. A lot of people weren't. But the bottom line is it took uh, – it became the law of the land then. And it took a long time, though, for it to actually, you know, take effect because they had to build out the framework. There was this is a massive change in the mm-hmm. way health insurance was provided, right. uh, health care was provided. And so the first open enrollment, that was in 2010, but the first open enrollment period didn't happen until 2013. And so the first issue date was January 1 of 2014. Okay. So Interesting. It, took, it took years to, to build out the framework. Yeah, I forgot about all that. <clears throat> okay, well, let's look at um, one of the, the features about... Uh, ACA is that it's supposed to cover pre-existing conditions. Is that still part of the law? That is still part of the law, and in my opinion, one of the best parts of the law, the pre-existing conditions that anything is is covered. That goes back to the to the adverse selection and the reason for the open enrollment period. Really, is is so that they can cover those. Because mm-hmm. again, if they if they you know covered pre-existing conditions and you didn't have health insurance and you could buy at any time. You right. wait until you needed it to go buy it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, pre-existing conditions are fully covered. Uh, there's no health questions whatsoever. The only health question that I ever ask anybody with this is, do you smoke? Mm-hmm. That's more of a lifestyle question, really, not a health question. Right. But it does lend to health. You know, it's tied together. And so the premiums are higher for anybody. That, okay. Um, and they're age-based as well, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the health So up until age 65 then, right? Exactly. When you turn 65, you go on Medicare and, and boy, it escalates, especially in those latter years that, you know, my age group, Mm -hmm. when you're, you know, 59 all the way up to 64, 
uh, it really does get expensive uh, until and, and painful, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, even for the catastrophic level plan, you know, you're paying hundreds of dollars a month for a high, high deductible, uh, high max out of pocket. Usually the deductible and the max out of the pocket are the same when, because the insurance is so expensive at, at, right. at this age. Okay. Uh, but then you hit 65 and it all gets, you know, it all gets better. It, right. The pain, You're on Medicare the, then. The pain goes away. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you want to know about <clears throat> Medicare, we reviewed that last week. Mm -hmm. uh, if you missed it, you can find it on Facebook or you can find it on uh, Apple Podcast. Okay. An another feature of the law when it came out is that it was required. Yes. The, the mandate. The personal mandate, yeah. And so is that still part of it? Well, technically, it is still part of it. It's still in the law, but President Trump did away with the penalty for that okay. through the IRS. So, uh, you know, a lot of us were very happy about that. I Even as an insurance agent, I never felt like it seemed right to force people to buy insurance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a lot of... Not a lot. Maybe ten percent of the people would come in and go. I'm buying it because I have to. I don't want this. And right, uh, you know, I I can see both sides to that, but uh, I personally am kind of glad that that that's been eliminated because I don't. Last thing I want is to be selling somebody something that they really don't want. <laughs> well, I think about it like the seatbelt for the yeah. car. Yes, because uh, back in the olden days, um, when I was just a baby. Um, Nobody wore a seatbelt, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. kids like me were just jumping on the seat in the back seat. <laughs> I remember. No car uh, seats or, or anything. Yeah. And if there was a wreck, yeah, you got hurt. Yeah, right. And some people, you know, would have to uh, lose everything they had. Mm -hmm. Insurance companies are paying more because mm -hmm. the injuries are more catastrophic. And so the, the seatbelt law said, hey, this is not only for your own good, but it right. lowers the premiums for everybody because the injuries aren't so catastrophic. So right. I sort of think of insurance that way. I value my personal freedom. I don't want anybody telling me what to do, mm -hmm. let alone what to buy. Mm -hmm. But there's two sides of the story there. There always is, yeah. There always is. And 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 I think the a big part of the you know, that too, the personal mandate was so that they could have more risk. I mean, insurance is about spreading the risk by mm -hmm. as big of a population as possible because that keeps the that keeps the numbers in balance more so. So they right. get the younger people that don't want it that are bulletproof, right, and right. don't think nothing's going to ever happen to them. Well, you can't uh, park it in your driveway or put it on your wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so they didn't want it, but they needed those numbers because those people, in fact, were less likely to use it, and, mm -hmm. and those premium dollars were helpful in spreading the risk to the older folks that you know tend to use it. Use more. it more. Yeah. Okay, so the the mandate's still there. You you talked about qualified and, and non qualified health insurance, um, does that somehow play into the mandate? Um, no, the, you know, and the mandate is still there, but there's no penalty. So just to be cl to clarify, mm -hmm. you know, nobody has to worry about buying insurance now because they won't get penalized under current law. Um, but as far as the qualified health plan, uh, anybody that wants to buy insurance these days that's on an individual plan, and the group plans are different if you have an employer coverage, but anybody that's buying individual health insurance these days is buying so what's the advantage Care Act of what's the advantage of buying a qualified plan? Uh, the qualified plan has a lot of the benefits, like the pre-existing conditions oh, okay. and the no limits to it, and that sort of Got thing. It. Now, there's a differentiation there. They're both still qualified plans, but you can get a qualified plan either on the exchange, the health insurance dot mm -hmm. gov, mm -hmm. or off the exchange, which is going direct to the company. Well, let's and, talk about the exchange. Okay, yeah. Um, because many people probably don't understand what that is either. Uh, that was part of the law that was supposed to help things out. Tell mm -hmm. us about what was the purpose? Well, the purpose was to a uh, delivery system for it, along with, the, you know, for agents to assist people, obviously, but for people to be able to go on the exchange and see everything themselves. Mm -hmm. And then they have, you know, enrollment people that work with healthcare.gov and then independent agents like myself that can 
help help sort it out, filter it for people. What are we exchanging? <clears throat> we're exchanging health insurance for a premium. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're buying health insurance, paying. I a guess premium. I would have called it a marketplace. Yeah, and they do. They call oh, it the marketplace. Okay. It's the okay. same thing. So the terminology gets a little bit convoluted, but all of those are the same thing. They're all Obamacare. They're all mm-hmm. Affordable Care Act, and we just refer to it as ACA insurance. Yeah. So pretty just, soon it's just going to be health insurance. Health insurance. <laughs> you would think by now it would be, and and with most people it is, or a lot of people, but there's still a whole. You know, it's this isn't something that people do every day. They do it once a year, mm-hmm. and they forget. Obviously, we right. all do that from year to year, and uh, and and so it gets a little bit convoluted and and confusing. And it is confusing because there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, so people. what about the um, the state exchange? So each uh, each state has their own exchange and can and and oh, it's okay. tied to the or can be tied to the federal exchange. There's different uh, ways that they do it, but they're all each state is different because insurance is state regulated. So it's a state by state basis. Okay, uh, so. well let's uh, stop there for right now. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll keep talking about health insurance with Rick Hood, specifically the Affordable Care Act, ACA, also known as Obamacare. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio on 930 AM The Answer. I'm Todd Marquardt. Also, later, we'll be on Apple Podcast, and you can always find these episodes on www.talklawradio.com. We talk about all kinds of laws and legal issues that you might be interested in, so visit talklawradio.com. Now, back to Rick, who is going to tell us about the state insurance exchanges. Yeah, so uh, that's where you purchase the qualified health plans if you do it on exchange and you Mm -hmm. have the capability. Uh, When you go on exchange, you get some of the benefits like the subsidy. The government will will provide a subsidy for it that, that offsets the premium cost. Okay. It, it, I always refer to that uh, to try to simplify it for people, and maybe I oversimplify it, but the subsidy that the government provides to offset the premium is the affordable part okay. of the Affordable Health Care Act. Got it. Right? So without that, it can be pretty expensive, and depending on your age, it can be very expensive without a subsidy. Mm-hmm. But you can buy it directly to a company off exchange, not going through healthcare.gov. Mm-hmm or the marketplace, but it's going to cost you full price. You don't get a subsidy if you go direct to the company. Okay. So when people come to me, and it, it's still not uncommon that I'll get somebody that will come in and say, I don't want any of that Obamacare stuff. You know, I want to give me some health insurance. And mm-hmm. I go, well, so I have to explain that it's all, you know, really what you're asking is for a qualified health plan, and all qualified health plans are technically Obamacare, whether you want to call it that or not, mm-hmm. that's up to you. But we can get it on exchange with a subsidy, and with cost-sharing reductions, in addition to that, depending on their income level, cost-sharing reductions are lower deductibles, lower max out-of-pocket, mm-hmm. you know, lower costs on the plan themselves uh, on exchange. Or you can go direct to the company and not get cost-sharing reductions and not get a subsidy but get the pure insurance. Mm-hmm. So some doctors uh, are a little bit more apt to take an off-exchange plan and the difference, the primary difference in that is because of the grace period. So when, it, when Obamacare first became effective, there were a lot of people that didn't have insurance for a long period of time that came out and bought insurance, you know, because they mm-hmm. hadn't had the option for a long time. Some of those were pretty unhealthy people, and they maybe wanted to just go to the doctor and get checked out and didn't know if they were unhealthy right. or not. So there was a certain percentage, I don't know what that number is, but there were enough that it made waves through the medical community that those people came out and they uh, purchased the insurance, they went to the doctors, they went to their specialists, they racked up a a lot of bills because they were on exchange, they were getting Mm -hmm. uh, that benefit, and they have a 90-day grace period on exchange. And within three months, they got a lot of treatments done, and then they walked away from it and said, you know, I don't need this health insurance stuff. After right, all. just stop paying the premiums. Yeah, or maybe never paid them at all oh, because okay. for the first ninety days in the in the beginning there, you didn't have to pay the wow. premium. 
So that it, I don't know if that was one person that did that or if it was a hundred or 10,000, but enough of them did it that the doctors heard about it. And if you think about it, it, you play that out down the line. Well, the government's not going to pay that for the the doctor was the one that got oh really holding the bag because okay. they're all of a sudden they're billing an insurance policy that's no longer that's not in effect because the person mm-hmm. never paid the premium and I guess they went to the government or whoever and they, bottom line is a lot of doctors didn't get paid wow. so so the doctors started backing away from it because of that but the policies that are direct to the companies have only a thirty day grace period so the doctor's office can call in and verify the coverage is in okay. effect and they know that it's within 30 days of being paid. And so mm-hmm. they, they've got a much better chance, if not a guaranteed chance of getting paid, at least from the company, maybe not the co-payment. But. Wow. That's so um, interesting how it works. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot to this that had to, cause it was brand new, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of, there were some potholes there that right. uh, people didn't see coming. And so we've worked our way through that, but that's generally speaking what people are talking about if they're saying they don't want to volunteer. They maybe want it off exchange direct to the insurance company, and it's going to cost more, but but you can get that. Okay. You know. What's the small business exchange? Uh, the shop market. So the small business exchange is, is part of what they designed in the beginning, too. Um, to my knowledge, we still don't have any right here, at least in Bear County. There are some available, I think, in Texas and different parts, but uh, again, each each state does it different, and Texas didn't really ever get fully on board with the shop uh, mm. plans to uh, to implement that, and they're even less so today as far as I know. So that's not a – but it was designed for small businesses to have sort of a subsidized uh, through taxation, mm-hmm. get some tax credits for the businesses that wanted to participate in the program uh, through the shop market okay. on exchange but it at least from my vantage point from what i saw it never really got totally off the ground and now it's kind of been you know we're in this weird gray area where we keep trying to unwind the law you know one side tries to revoke political it. stuff political stuff yeah. yeah and i try not to get political at all but it but um it it does create somewhat of a problem some dysfunctionality within it mm-hmm. when you try to you know, it's there and then they try to take it away. And then now it's kind of a hybrid of what was there. And, right. And I think the shop sort of fell in, in, oh, okay. in that area. Well, you said um, that you figured out a way to help uh, entrepreneurs, self-employed. Yeah, self-employed people. Uh, I mean, a lot of them figure it out themselves, but I can kind of help guide them through it mm-hmm. because the subsidy and those cost-sharing reductions that I was talking about before – are all income based and income for self-employment people is all over the up and down, up and down, depending on the year. And there's a certain amount of that, that the self-employed individual can sort of control through the expenses that they put into their business. You know, if they've had a really good year and they're coming up towards the last quarter of the year and Mm -hmm. they want to invest more in their business that year, then a lot of those deductions can be taken off of their income. So for the subsidy calculation, we look at uh, a modified adjusted gross income on your personal tax return. So what ultimately gets on your personal tax return is your adjusted gross income with a couple of modifications. That's your employer, your LLC or whatever corporation or whatever you have as a business structure. It's the net business income. Uh, income from your, the net income from your business. Okay. So the net income from your business is your personal gross and the net income is controlled by your expenses. Mm -hmm. So a lot of individuals can, can, you know, legally manipulate that year to year. Yeah. Decide to buy things or not buy things. Exactly. And by doing that, they can control that and can get uh, sometimes really a pretty good subsidy. Okay. I mean, I see people that have a very successful business, but they're putting all their money back into the business mm-hmm. and they're taking very little income and they can get a great deal on their health insurance. Okay. So I try to help guide them with that, you know, teach them how to do it legally so that they can, you know, they can get a better and plan. And you think that's helpful? I do. I think yeah. it's very helpful using the rules that are there. It's very similar yeah. to what you do, that's right? That's what I tell people. I don't make the rules if the government 
is losing too much money, they can change the law. Exactly, and that's what they do. But yeah. it's it's our job to show them what the options are and how the system works and let them determine right. what they want to do. Great. Yeah. You said something about Roth IRAs, too. Who would be receiving income from a Roth IRA? Yeah, so a Roth IRA can go to anybody that's um, over 59 and a half and, and starts taking income, and that fits into that that uh, area, like I was talking about, between 59 or even and 55 and yeah. 64 uh, through 64. It gets really expensive. So people that uh, and we and, and I didn't see this at first. I, uh, fortunately, over the years, when the Roth IRA started becoming popular, we started encouraging people to invest in them mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. the late '90s, you know, in the early 2000s. And so we've got clients that had these Roth IRAs, and and we realized that well, wait a minute, that's not counted as taxable income. You okay. know, so it doesn't go as your adjusted gross income. Wow. So you can extract out of your Roth IRA after age 59 whatever you want per year. And you're, it's not even going to count towards the subsidy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to count against you for the subsidy. Okay. So, um, so it's a great tool. Awesome. Yeah, for anybody that has that in place and wants to utilize that to some extent in that age bracket, fifty nine to sixty four. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, very helpful. That's a hidden uh, benefit there. Yeah. But they probably need some help. Why don't you tell them about AHIA again? Yeah, Affordable Health Insurance Agency. We have yeah. an, uh, our office is inside the Allon HEB at the corner of Northwest Military Highway and Wurzbach Parkway, uh, 8503 Northwest Military Highway. We're inside the HEB right up in front of the self-checkout lane. So we're open 10 to 7, Monday through Saturday, and either myself or Magenta can, can help them. Yeah. If, they if want you to, give them your cell phone number, they might call you at night. I was just about to do that. And, that, you know, this time of year, I take calls really literally up till even after 10 o'clock sometimes, depending on how busy I am. But mm-hmm. my cell phone number, 210-573-2833. Okay. And there's an enrollment period. And so what's the deadline for that? They need to see you soon so that they don't wait too long. And then there's a deadline and... Maybe you can't get to everybody. Yeah, and and literally on that last night, I mean, I work up until midnight, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's nerve wracking because if I don't get somebody in, then that can be a real problem. It means they don't have health insurance. So, uh, uh, so I like to encourage people to do it early rather than late. It starts on Monday, November the first, and it'll go through December fifteenth for anybody that wants a January one issue date. Okay. Uh, the technically the enrollment period this year goes through January fifteenth, so we got an extra month in there. But people need to know if they apply between December fifteenth and January fifteenth, their coverage won't be effective until February one. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Part of the ACA was uh, the Medicaid ex- expansion, Medicaid, not Medicare, mm-hmm. but Texas didn't do that. Correct. Texas and I think 12 other states did not expand Medicaid. Uh, so that creates an unusual gap. Um, and, and again, there's two sides to that. I understand why Texas didn't, ex- uh, they didn't want a bunch of strings from the federal government, a mm-hmm. bunch more you know, obligations there. But it creates a, a really unfortunate thing in that anybody that's earned, uh, I think this year it's going to be 12880 is the figure, what it is right now. A, a per, an individual, single individual that earns less than that doesn't qualify for the Affordable Care Act. I mean, they literally don't make enough money for it to be affordable. Oh, so, really? Therefore, they don't get a subsidy, and so they pay full price for the coverage, and that's the person that can least afford it. Right. It's, That's so strange. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a very bad pitfall. And I do see people go into that all the time. And so really what it comes down to is I ask them to get a second job or do whatever they can, right, right. They start their own business, you know, if well, they hey, can. that's not a bad <laughs> idea anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it, it I mean, it, they really do have to make that minimum level uh, or, or at least be able to anticipate making, making that minimum level to get that subsidy. And if you are in that income range, though, the good news is if you're just over that and up to, say, twenty or 25000 whatever, you, you're going to get really affordable health insurance coverage. At that, That's who it's most affordable for. But you've got to get over that bar first. Okay. Talking about the Affordable Care Act, that's health insurance. And if you've been under a rock for the last 11 years... 
we'll figure it out together. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us, uh, what's a danger of getting the subsidy for the health insurance, the Affordable Care Act? Yeah, so really that's the biggest pitfall. Uh, uh, the biggest danger is the subsidy um, in, in, in that you what we are doing when we're going for a subsidized premium with the, with the health care exchange, like for right now, Monday when it opens up, I'm going to be asking people to tell me what they think they're going to make in 2022. How much money? How much money, yeah. And for a lot of people, that's for most people, really, that's a big question mark. It's hard to say. It's hard mm-hmm. to estimate that. Well, the way that it works is you'll, you, you estimate what you're going to make, and sometimes the government will ask you to prove up, to validate that, you know, with pay stubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times they don't even ask you for it. But at the end of 2022, then they're going to have to reconcile it, right? You're going to have to see what you actually made. And so when you file your 2022 taxes in 2023, there's going to be a, a reconciliation there between what they gave you because the subsidy is an advanced premium tax credit. So they're advancing that money to you in, uh, you know, in the, in the okay. hopes that the, your, it's an accurate figure. Yeah. So if you underestimate your income and make more money, then when you file your taxes, you're going to owe some of that premium subsidy back. So let, let's say you're you're earning a salary or your wage is set. Mm-hmm. You know, last year I made X, mm-hmm. and so this year I'm going to make X again. Right. Yeah. But then, surprise, I get a raise at work. Right. So and that could hurt me. It can, it, and, it, and it will. It's definitely going to cost you more on your insurance. So what you can do any point during the year is report that, and that's what they want you to do is report it as soon to as you— To who? To healthcare.gov or your agent, and your agent oh, can do okay. it for you, however it's—you know, whatever the relationship is there. Uh, a lot of agents will tell the clients to go directly to healthcare.gov and report it themselves. Mm-hmm. I usually help clients with the process. But either way, as long as it gets reported to healthcare.gov, then you're okay on that. But your premium is going to go up when you report okay. that. So you need to know that. It's better than waiting, though, and paying a lump sum at the end. Or no. getting your tax return confiscated? Yeah, whatever. Anything could happen. I mean, there's, okay. yeah, because it does tie into the IRS. At the end of the day, if you owe money on the subsidy, it's not the insurance company that's knocking on your door. It's the IRS. So they're, okay. you know, the IRS, it's right. theirs, right? So they're going to get it. It's going to come. Yeah. Uh, you just, you know, you got to be ready for it. And it works the other way as well. If you, if you over-report your income and you make less at the end of the day when you file your taxes, you do get money back. Oh, okay. So it works both ways. It's a reconciliation that'll go both ways. So if you're employed, maybe you should ask the boss, how much am I going to make this year? Yep. Not that I'm bothering you. I just <laughs> need to know because I'm going to buy health insurance. Exactly. It's a good reason to, to get an idea if you might have a raise coming or mm-hmm. something there. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's and another th- important thing to note if you're employed and if you have group insurance, you're ineligible for the subsidy. So a lot of people come to me and they say, well, my group insurance is you know, yeah, we got insurance at work, but it's too expensive. I can't afford it. So I want some of the lower cost affordable care act insurance. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get it because you don't, I I always just tell them to go back if they're in open enrollment to get it through their employer. It's going to be maybe even better quality coverage, but it's not, it, they're not going to get a subsidy. So it's not going to be very affordable on my side. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of a catch 22, but. uh, And so there's something that came about called American Rescue Plan. Tell us about that. Yeah, the American Rescue Plan Act was in March of 2022. Um, 21. 20, I'm, t- I'm sorry, 2021. Yeah, we're not in 2022 uh-huh. yet. Um, and so what it did, several things it did. It opened up uh, the special enrollment period. So we basically have been in special enrollment period this whole year. So in, instead of just between um, November 1st and December 15th of last year, they went ahead and opened up the exchanges for this entire year. It didn't close down until mid-August of this okay. year. So people could buy insurance anytime mm-hmm. throughout the year this year. Uh, and they increased the subsidies. So it made it cheaper for people to get it made it easier for them to get it. All of this was done because of the coronavirus. So uh, it was law that was enacted in March of this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and to make people, to encourage people again, to get, uh, to get the coverage. A lot of changes that came about with that, but, but the bottom line is it has made it a lot better for, uh, for individuals to be able to, to get the, 
to get the the coverage. Okay. Um, One thing that I found while uh, thinking about this issue was uh, the court case California versus Trump back in 2017. And I didn't um, read through all of it because it's it's a lot of reading. (laughs) I have a day job. Um, (laughs) But I just wanted to let people know that you know, there is this political issue that's been in the courts and, you know, the con- Congress and the president, you know, from whatever, whichever party, uh, they always talk about it. So if you have um, a point of view, you might want to talk to your congressman about it or your senator. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my TED Talk for today. <laughs> Get back to you, Rick. We'll talk about... Um, so that there's different levels, right? Yeah, there are different levels of the coverage. Um, one thing that I wanted to say, if I could, just sure, interject, go ahead. interject about the ARPA or the uh, American Rescue Plan Act. Okay. Uh, the reconciliation for 2020, uh, because of the coronavirus, anybody that underestimated or, uh, well, let's see, yeah, underestimated their income in 2020 they don't have to pay back those premiums uh, for the subsidy money. That was part of the American Rescue Plan. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to continue that for 2021. They've already said that. You know, okay. They're not going to give you the ability to plan ahead for it. Mm-hmm. But they did do that as kind of part of the rescue of the Rescue Plan Right, Act. sort of like those payments that were made to the families. It, it's just money to help you. Yeah, to help out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. and. Uh, so that was for 2020 only, but the American Rescue Plan does continue the additional subsidies and the lower cost-sharing reductions or increased cost-sharing reductions, I guess I should say, uh, throughout 2022. So okay. that part of it is going to continue on. Uh, they also had an unemployment benefit. So anybody that was unemployed at any point during this year was able to uh, get subsidized premium at a very low rate. But, okay. of course, the year's almost over now. But, right. But it was very helpful during the year. But back to your original comment there on the categories of the plans. Yes. Right. So uh, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum were the original plans that they mm-hmm. came out with. The bronze plan was basically designed to cover about 60%. The company would cover about 60% of the cost and the individual about 40 So uh, you're talking about a doctor's visit or a hospitalization or... Yeah, I'm talking about the overall the okay. uh, the overall amount of coverage. Yeah, it doesn't okay. necessarily apply to each doctor visits. Those co-payments and uh, co-pays can be uh, co-insurance amounts and co-pays can oh, be Oh, it's based different. on individuals. The, yeah, the yeah. overall plan itself. Okay. So a bronze level plan, you can say the company's going to be paying about 60% of my healthcare costs and I'm going to be paying about 40 mm-hmm. at the end of the day. A silver is 70-30. A gold is eighty twenty, and then a platinum is ninety ten. So, you said that there's not many platinum. Yeah, I'm not aware of any platinums. Why uh, is I, that? Uh, you know, I guess because the cost is so high on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally, when this came out, I know in 2013 when we were selling plans for 20, 2014, there were PPOs on the market at that time too. But right now, uh, I don't remember which year they did away with them. I think it was around 2016. But in at least in Bear County, uh, there are no, there haven't been PPOs on the market for several years. They're all HMO or EPO. So PPO means you can go to any doctor anytime. Pretty much, preferred provider organization. Yeah, means that you've got more choice. You can stay in the network and save money, but you have the ability to go outside the network and pay more. Mm-hmm. You do have that ability with an HMO. It's a health maintenance organization. It's more geared to maintaining your health. You've got to see a primary care doctor in most cases, and and he's kind of your quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. he he calls the shots and sends you to the specialists, and you've got to stay in the network. And you have to have those referrals from the primary care doctor. Or they won't cover it. No, they won't cover it, exactly. But there are exclusive provider organizations or EPOs that are in the market. It's kind of a blend between the two. So with an EPO, you've got to stay in the network, but you can go directly to a specialist. You don't have to have that referral. So it's a little bit more flexibility and, and it gives a you know a good alternative, but it's still not a PPO. But my point was they did away with the PPOs, I think, because mm-hmm. nobody was buying them and they were too expensive. Right. So same thing with the platinum. You know, nobody really can afford it. 
The, most people can't afford the gold. The majority of people get a silver plan or a bronze. And I should say this, the silver plans are the only ones that have the cost sharing reductions built into them. So anybody that gets uh, at, at uh, a certain subsidy level to where they get the lower cost sharing reductions or CSRs, which is lower copayments, lower uh, deductibles, lower max out of pocket, are only available on the silver category of plans. So anybody that's that it's at the lower income level mm -hmm. or or their income is at the right level, they definitely want to look at a silver plan because they get those lower. You know, it can it can make a huge difference. I mean, it, it ranges from. Uh, on the lowest one, I think it's eight or nine hundred dollars max out of pocket on a on a silver plan mm -hmm. versus eight thousand five hundred and fifty max out of pocket on on a bronze plan. So you could really help somebody save time by knowing um, generally which category or which package they should get. Yeah. Rather than. Uh, somebody just going online and reading for hours on and, end. And trying to figure it out. I mean, I can yeah. basically do this stuff in my sleep because I've done it for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reason that I got into this, the health insurance at the, at the time that the law was passed was because I saw those 19,000 pages or whatever it was. And I looked at that and said, my gosh, you know, people are going to need an agent to help mm -hmm. them figure this out mm -hmm. because it's just not something that everybody that a normal person does all right, the time. Right. They need somebody to help them. And I don't really steer people at all, but I try to educate them. And there's certain times when like those silver plans have those low cost sharing reductions and lower max out of pockets. I can really help them by pinpointing that in, out to them and showing them how they can save on that. And how can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Alon HEB uh, in, inside the store at Affordable Health Insurance Agency, or they can call my call or text my cell phone, 210-573-2833. And that's uh, on Northwest Military? Yeah, Northwest Military Highway and Wurzbach Parkway inside the Alon Shopping Center, actually inside the Alon HEB right up in front mm -hmm. of the self-checkout lanes. Okay, well, we're about to end the show. Sorry I didn't get to ask you about your hero. <laughs> But you said your phone number so quick, I just want you to say it a couple more times. 210-573-2833, and that is my cell phone, so, um, you know, call, text anytime, but it's at this time of the year, it does take me a little while sometimes to get back to people, so if they'll give me a little bit of leeway, I appreciate it. 210-573-2833. Thank you so much. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate the opportunity. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.